and the brave new world begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings, with terror and slaughter return. Hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Copybook Headings podcast. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, this show is inspired by the poem by Rudyard Kipling called The Gods of the Copybook Headings. And every week we take an old saying, maxim, proverb, uh, and try to break it down and see what we can learn from it and see if there's still any relevance to these old um, sayings not today. I'm your host, Patrick Payne, and with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing all right. Just uh, hoping I'm not getting sick. We've got a, had a bug going around the house, and of course, all the kids have gotten it. And now there's like that tickle in my throat, you know. So I'm like hoping yeah. that uh, that's not what's coming, but I'm pretty sure that's what's it. So, but the show must go on. So uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, fall is here. <laughs> like said, right? we're, yeah, we're, we're nothing if not consistent here. So we uh, put yeah. put out a new episode every Friday. So yeah, we're here recording, and uh, we got a got an interesting proverb this week, one that I hadn't heard before. Yeah, I haven't heard this one either, uh, but I think the sentiment's pretty familiar for both of us. So this one is walnuts and pears you plant for your heirs, Yeah, which is a 17th century English proverb, but you know, there's lots of, lots of variation on this one. Uh, I found Mm -hmm. even, you know, even Cicero back at, back in ancient Rome, was talking about another author who, who, who was talking about this concept. He said, he plants trees, which will be of use to another age. So the idea mm. of particularly the idea of, you know, planting trees, that's the, the symbolism there, um, with, with agriculture and having your, you know, your estate, your, the land that you pass on to your family, that you're going to, you're going to build things up. You're going to plant things for them to appreciate things that you will never see bear fruit. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's an old, old concept. Yeah. And uh, like I said, one that I haven't heard, but obviously uh, pretty, pretty straightforward in its, in its meaning um, talking about how certain things that are, well, uh, walnuts and pears, trees that you would plant today are not for you. So kind of implying there that there's things that you do that, uh, uh, or things maybe that you should do or ought to do that isn't aren't for you necessarily for future generations. Yeah, that that's how I take it. Um, okay. Um, you know that these trees being traditionally like I guess uh, you know you can get a pear you can get a pear tree that'll give you fruit pretty fast, but I think old old variants it took a while for them to bear fruit. So mm. walnut trees too. So you might go a decade or more before you ever get anything off those trees. So you're, um, but you know, you know, when you, when you think about, you know, your orchard, you know, the, the, the trees in your yard, you know, there's always a cycle of, of replanting and, and cutting down. And so, you know, when you're, when you're young, it makes sense to keep planting trees. Um, as you get older, you might think, well, what's the point? But the point is that, that they're there for someone else. Like we had, uh, we bought our house. We had this really big apricot tree, really old one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, it produced a ton of fruit, but eventually it just kind of, the, the branches started dying off and we had to cut it down. And uh, But, you know, we've planted new trees in, in the spot there and just just keep going and um, kind of really make, makes you appreciate that cycle of planting for the next the next people to come along. Yeah, for sure. Is uh, your experience kind of with the trees, is that what made you think of this? Or was there something else uh, sp- uh, kind of uh, not literally tree related that uh, had, had uh, piqued your interest <laughs> in this one when you selected it? Yeah, what it was, was um, there's been, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people kind of arguing recently, you know, you see it come up every now and then, but recently there was another batch of, of arguing about like inheritance. Um Oh yeah. And kind of the, the generational disagreements, you know, with, with the boomers and, and the, the other generations, um, about mm-hmm. what that looks like, what is a responsible thing to do? I think the, the trope is that, um, that the boomers are spending all their money and they're, they're not going to give any to their kids. You know, they, the mentality of, well, you need to get out of the house when you're 18 and, I'm not going to give you anything and you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps because that's what I did. Um, mm-hmm. And then people saying, well, no, it's, it's a lot harder now than it was then. Um, things like that. And, and so it made me think a lot about what I should be preparing to give to my children and what I should be giving them now um, and what I should be giving my grandchildren and, and future generations. Like what can I leave behind for them to make them better to make their life easier and richer. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's where I was coming from with this one. Yeah. It seems like nowadays that's kind of a common argument that a lot of people in that baby boomer generation aren't inclined to leave money to kids or they feel like it's, especially the wealthy ones, right? You'll hear famous actors or athletes or something saying, well, I'm not leaving anything to my kids or, you know, famous billionaires. They're not getting any of my money. They're going to have to earn it themselves. And, um, I always thought that was a little bit, a little bit odd. I mean, it it seems, I mean, it seems kind of, uh, like a working class way to think. And it's odd to see billionaires do it because historically, the wealthy haven't thought like that. It's been like, no, this is for the family, like to, to yeah. carry on the family name. We're going to set the next generation up for success so they can continue and set their next generation up for success. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine like a Rockefeller being like, no, the next, yeah. <laughs> you know, my kids aren't going to get any money. It's like, that's just not how they thought. So I feel like yeah. this concept is kind of a new thing for, for the, the, the nouveau, the nouveau riche, if you will. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and and you do see it with a lot of celebrities. I think the one this week that I saw was Mick Jagger was talking about mm. not leaving, you know, his his hundreds of millions to his kids. Um, you know, I'm sure he will, but but yeah, yeah it's, it is. I wonder if it's um, you know, with with not necessarily the generation, but those like the entertainers and stuff like that who maybe. Um, did not raise their kids the same way like a a robber baron might have raised his kids, right? Mm-hmm. And having more yeah. expectations for the family and the reputation of the family. You know, I think maybe there's some people who realize, well, my kids are going to waste the money because I didn't really teach them not to. So I'm not going to give it to them, um, which I don't think is a great excuse 
I mean, maybe for them individually, that's, that's the right answer, but I don't think that's something that they should encourage other people to do. Yeah. And I think that's a ultimately represents a, be, a kind of a failure to own the parent on the part of the parent. If you haven't yeah. taught your kid well enough to be able to handle some money, then, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah. In my opinion. Uh, but, and also I think this may, it might have something to do with um, just pop culture and these famous celebrities. Whereas in the early 19th, you know, hundreds or something like that, that wasn't really a thing. Like movie stars maybe may have been, you know, I don't know. It wasn't the same where you could just get millions of dollars for, yeah. for just being famous. You know what I mean? And so maybe that yeah. since the, since the wealth came too fast or too easy for them versus building a steel empire or a railroad empire, yeah. you know I mean? That took like insane amounts of like dedication and work. And along the way, presumably they were teaching their kids the, the family business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like even some of those people who maybe got really lucky, you know, maybe someone got lucky mining for gold, but they were working sure. really hard right before that. Right. <laughs> so it's, it didn't yeah, come out of nowhere. Like, like celebrity does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and even the, cele- I mean, I'm sure celebrities work hard too. Some, some are work well at their craft, but I think it's just the money come can come real hard and fast. Yeah. Uh, and, and people can, cannot be prepared for it. So I kind of get the, the idea behind this that, oh, I don't want to destroy my kids with all this wealth. But what it's ultimately saying is my kids are not prepared to handle this wealth. But I think you, I mean, you could prepare them if you were doing, doing it properly. Yeah. You could, you could teach them how to manage the money and how to make it grow so that not only would it help them throughout their lives, but maybe they'd have some left over for, for their children. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. And like coming back to the, you know, the tree, the tree metaphor and example, like taken literally, you know, when I, when I was out planting our new trees, you know, my, my little kids got to see that happen. And so, um, kind of being an example, you know, setting an example of how you deal with your wealth, how you or with your money or, um, with what you're trying to cultivate for, for them, they can see how you are a steward of it and you can teach them from when they're little, how, mm-hmm. how someone behaves, right. That when they grow up, they need to be planting trees for the next generation too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hundred percent agree. And I think, uh, uh, it, this has a, a broader, implications than just, uh, inheritance, of course. Right. Which I yeah. think you, you thought of as well in that maybe there's just not a lot of, um, it's not as common to think about the next generations, uh, in our society. That's a little more selfish. And usually we kind of wait till the end to talk about the, the contrary nature of, of society against some of these proverbs. But, um, I feel like this one's this, it's, it's, uh, very uncommon to hear people talk about leaving anything for the, for their kids or for their grandkids, you know, uh, very yeah. kind of self-centered society that's centered more on the here and now. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. That is the message. And, um, just, yeah, the, the selfish aspect of, of our society. Um, thinking, yeah, thinking about ourselves, thinking about our now, thinking about, um, maybe some things that are fairly good or at least not bad in, in the now, but 
but at the expense of what you could be building for the future. Um, yeah, another thing I had thought of when we were uh, kind of jumping back to the inheritance thing is it feels like a lot of people sometimes nowadays feel like their obligation is more towards society at large than it is to their own children or their own flesh and blood, yeah. which I, th- I find kind of odd, but it's it's very common where it's like, well, I'm not going to give my money just to my kids because that's only helping them. I'm going to give it to some charity or something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which... Uh, it's just kind of a, um, I don't know what, 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 what to make of that. What, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, that, that, that is an impulse. Like, or the other one you see is people who are in favor of very, um, very high percentage, like inheritance taxes, you know, things like yep. that, where they say, well, that's the most fair thing. Like, um, yes, yeah, yeah I, I think maybe, yeah, it, yeah, it is. And I, I think it's something about, maybe it's just guilt about having, being in a good situation and and that realizing that other people aren't. But, you know, it's really just, it, it, and maybe it's more that, that's a, the immediacy thing too. Because, you know, you, I think back, you go back in any family, or most families, just a couple of generations, and you've got pretty humble circumstances right um like i i can't remember you know i don't know if my my dad was first one to go to college in his family or not i can't remember if his his parents did or not um but he you know got an advanced degree but his dad was a little uh, a little more blue collar and then his grandfather was you know building houses out of bricks and things like that so you know you're going from from hard physical work and a couple of generations to, to pretty comfortable, you know, middle-class, middle-class life, you know, intellectual kind of work. Um, and so the people who are now in that situation where they're doing pretty, pretty heavy labor, kind of that kind of blue collar stuff, people want, well, well, I'm uncomfortable. I want them to be too, but really it's like, well, let's allow them to, to make a better life for their kids so that their kids can go to college and, and, you know, not appreciating that, that generational aspect, um, that people can get there, families can get there, but it is a multi-generational project and not everyone can jump up at the same time. Yeah. It, it seems to me, this is related to a lot of the other, um, symptoms of, of breakdowns of, of the family kind of in, in society, where people don't seem to realize that your, your children are your heritage that you're leaving to the world. And, and it's yeah. much more valuable what, who they are as a person than any billions you could leave to some charity. Cause that'll be gone, you know, in a relatively short order, but your kids and the kind of people that they are and the impact that they can make on the world. And then the, the kids that they'll have. And if you instill good values in them to the point where they instill those same values in their children, the impact is, is literally limitless. And, uh, and so I feel like people forget that and they think they need to, to, or, or, or maybe they haven't ever really grasped that concept to begin with. And so they, they feel like it's simply a selfish thing to give their money to their kid because they, they know the kid's going to blow it. And maybe the kid would, because they haven't been taught properly. Whereas they could say, look, um, a goose that lays golden eggs is more valuable than a, than a pile of eggs. What if yeah. instead of just giving away this money, I invested in the family so the family can continue to be a good steward of this money, manage it, 
grow it, invest it, run family businesses, and continue to give charitably throughout their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're on the same page there. It's a, uh, you know, yeah, take, you know, if, if you're in that position, take, take maybe a little step back from, you know, instead of getting the 10 billion, maybe you can be satisfied with five and well-raised children. Right. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. It's kind of hundred percent like that because then what they will do with that, what you leave them is going to be good because you've raised them well. And, um, yeah, and they can they can make an impact and and then in turn raise their children well. Yeah, um, wh- how do you think is uh, as a parent, wh- what do you think is necessary to be able to do that? Because I mean, we've heard stories all the time of kids that are ruined by a bunch of money, and, and it's not always kids either. I mean, you, someone will win the lottery and they, you know, destroy themselves with all this all this free money that that they didn't know what to do with, and and so what can you do as a parent to? I mean, I'm not a billionaire and I likely never will be, but but uh, I might have some money to hopefully I'll have some money to leave to my kids someday. Uh, what can I do to make sure that they, they uh, manage it wisely? Uh, have you given that any thought? Yeah, I think, um, you know, mine, mine are still very young, but you got to start young. Um, as I'm painfully aware, like it definitely feels like a, a sand slipping through the hourglass and everything. But I think, you know, impulse control and delayed gratification are just so valuable, uh, for, for any, any stage of life and, and any circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you, if you can delay gratification, if you can understand why something tomorrow might be better than something today, um, then, then barring just disasters, you know, out of your control, you'll, you'll have a better life down the road and, and so will, so will your children. So that's, that's a big one that I've, I've noticed in trying to try to impart on, you know, preschooler and toddler or well, challenging, but that's, that's the name of the game. What, yeah, what do you think? We, yeah, I agree. We've talked about that before that impulse control and the, the, uh, you know, kind of, uh, low time preference, delayed gratification is, is, is huge. Um, yeah. I, I think also it's important for, for them to know kind of who you are and what your family stands for. Uh, this can, you know, uh, oftentimes this is related to, you know, it can, ha- can be faith-based if you have a faith or a religion that, that you, uh, uh, subscribe to. But aside from that, even, I think it's important to have just, um, an identity, a family identity. So the kids know who they are and what they do. Like, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier for a kid to say no to something maybe harmful for them if they think of it as, no, I'm this kind of person and these kind of people don't do that. You know, I'm part of the the Payne family, the Stevens family. We just don't do those things, you know, yeah. versus do I have to make this decision on my own? So um, like one of the things we do, my family is we have, you've heard of the the concept of like positive affirmations, like, right, you tell yourself things. Yeah, yeah. We have a, we have a list of family affirmations, you know, we're the pain family. We love each other. We work hard. We play hard. We do these things and we'll recite these, you know, uh, try to do it every day. We don't do it every day, but, um, and just to instill in the kids, uh, a, a kind of a family credo or, a um, a list of concepts that we believe define us as who, as, as a family and the kind of people that we are. 
And so, or the kind of people that at least we want to be, because nobody's perfect and, and we'll all fall short, but this is what we're striving to be. And this is the the standard that we, we set. So that's one, that's one thing that we've done. That's great. I'm going to have to talk to my wife about that and we'll work on something like that. That's, that's a great idea. Like, uh, do you have an example, like from, can you think of anything from like that you've seen your kids do like based on those you know, family values that you've seen them kind of stick to them and that, that you're, you're proud of? Yeah, actually. Um, my, uh, my four-year-old, he actually just turned four today. We were having a party for him, but, uh, uh, just the other day he was, uh, Oh, I forget what my wife was asking him, you know, who ate the last cookie or, you know, did you do this or whatever? And he was saying he didn't do it. And, uh, she knew he did it, but he was saying he didn't do it. Right. <laughs> and one of our, one of our affirmations is, you know, we always tell the truth. And she was like, she's like, Griffin, you know, we're the pain family. We always tell the truth. And he just goes, ah, like you got me. All right. I did it. It was like, she had been telling him, Hey, are you telling the truth? No. Are you fibbing? No, no. You know? And, but then as soon as she said that thing that stuck in his brain that like he knew he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We tell the truth. You got me there. And he admitted to it and cop to it, you know? And so, uh, that, that's an example there of something. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, so, so another, another thing I've thought about with, um, you know, inheritance is, you know, the an intellectual inheritance, uh, the, the legacy of learning in a family. Um, be that you know, learning about about your family, like being interested in in family history. I think I don't know how much you are. Like, there's there's some of that in my family where we've got some stories from, you know, from ancestors and you know, pioneers and and things like that. Um, and also just, you know, valuing the, you know, life lessons and things like that, things that you can pass down generation to generation, um, that I, I think, I think it's, it's really powerful. Like the, the connection you can feel, uh, maybe like, I think where that comes through maybe is with small children and babies, kind of the, the folk traditions and things that come down your family with, with how to soothe a, a sick child or you know, songs that you sing to them, things like that. Do you have any experience with that? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head specific, but I, I, I do hundred percent believe that it's valuable to, um, that, uh, you know, genealogy, family history work is super, super valuable. Um, like, we, like I mentioned, having that, that family identity is really important, I think. And knowing where you came from is really important to know where you're going. Um, yeah. And being able to appreciate some of the hard work and the difficulties and the toil and the, the the tribulations that maybe some of your ancestors have had, which I mean, life kind of sucked 100, 200 years ago. So it's not it's not hard to find difficulties, you know, in anybody's yeah. family tree, um, unless you come from royalty or something. I, I don't know, even then maybe. But it is really any any old stories I found a family has been hardship after hardship after hardship. So yeah. it's really important, I think, for your own personal gratitude, as well as to, to, um, I don't know, I, from a personal perspective, sometimes when I think about my ancestors, I think like, I don't want to let them down, you know, like, um, I, I, I've, I've wondered sometimes like, what if my great, great, great grandfather could see me right now? Like, would he be, would he be proud of me? Would he be yeah. happy 
with, with how his posterity turned out, you know, or would he be disappointed in me? Would he think I'm softer, <laughs> weaker, or, right. uh, you know, <laughs> lazy or whatever, you know? Um, and so, yeah, sometimes I think about that and I, I think that's, it's not a bad thing to think about that sometimes. Yeah, that's, it's a, it's a great thing. Uh, so a little fun fact from like Roman history, you know, you'd have these, these aristocratic houses and in, in a room in the house, they'd have like the death masks of, of their ancestors, you know, that get passed down mm. generation to generation. So you have this, you know, wall of, of ancestors, like looking at you for real. And, uh, wow. To, for that, that kind of, for just that reason, right. That they can, that you can remember, you know, their example and, and their expectations of, of you and, and, and the family. Yeah, man, I love it. Um, it's, it's sad to me that uh, they didn't have the technology to have, you know, more photographs and stuff back a few generations ago, because, you know, generations from now, there'll be a lot of data on, on the lives that we've lived. Um, you know, as long as you've recorded some of it, but like pictures and videos, and you could really kind of get to know your ancestors, which it's more difficult to do unless they were really good at, uh, at journaling or something. But, but yeah, I, I love that. I love that idea. And, um, that's given me one more thing to think about Rome. So I can, now I can think about the yeah. Roman empire every day. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, reminds me of something my sister and her husband did. They've got, they've got, you know, their wedding picture in their house, but on either side, they've got their parents' wedding pictures. And then after that, they've got you know, grandparents' wedding pictures. So they've got, you know, three generations of, of, of weddings and, you know, youthful, youthful couples on their, their happiest day, which is, I think is a, a great example for, you know, my sister's kids to see every day, um, and see, see the continuity, see the, the familiar faces, you know, the familiar features in their own faces, things like that. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really cool thing. Yeah. I've, uh, um, it's been interesting also since being married to kind of learn a little bit about my wife's, uh, family history as well. Cause now that's, um, not part of my lineage directly, but part of my family now, cause it's part of my kids yeah. lineage and, and it's, yeah. it's, it's them, their heritage now too. And so, um, uh, it's kind of cool, uh, to see and, and to learn. And, uh, I've always on, on my list of things to do is to take a trip, uh, back to Europe and see some of the places where, where my ancestors came from. My ancestors is mostly, mostly British, British Isles and uh, a little bit of, uh, Norwegian. And my wife mm -hmm. is British Isles, uh, and, uh, as well as uh, Dutch. So, um, visiting those few places, I think, I think would be, would be really fascinating to, to kind of see where where your, where your people came from. Yeah. I'd, I'd really like to do that too. I know you've, you've done a little bit of travel to Europe and, and UK, right? Uh, did you have a chance yeah, to, to see any places where your ancestors were? No, I've, I've been remiss. We, we didn't get down to the part of, uh, of England and Wales where, where some of my lines are from. We were up in up too far North. Hmm. So we'll have to have to do a special trip for that. Yeah, speaking of which, this is completely off topic. But what did you make of that uh, that tree that got cut down? That seemed oh like kind of a tragedy, man. <laughs> Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it's it's kind of unbelievable. It's it's such an iconic, iconic landmark, and it's really the 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 high point of the of the experience of like when we we hiked along the the whole wall and and just really beautiful country there, really really remote. Um, 
at least it feels that way when you've been walking for a couple of days. It's still only like a short car ride from the nearest city, but it feels like you're right. <laughs> you're out in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, it's just it's crazy to think someone would would cut it down like that. So as of now, at, at the time of recording, I don't think we know much about who did it. I think they've arrested someone, but I don't know. It's it's crazy to yeah. that people would do that to something that old. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not that off topic after all. I mean. Maybe this yeah. is a, a symptom of people not respecting things that are going to be around long after them, and uh, yeah, and is to be g- enjoyed by future generations, or would have been. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an ex- extension of you know you go f- far enough back generations in your family, like you're you're into extended family, you're into community where you're you're not as quite closely related, but the people around you are you know, you're, you all still have common roots and to, to do that to your community is pretty crazy if, if, you know, it's a local person, but. Yeah. I mean, or even if it's not just doing it to any, anybody's, uh, you know, somebody planted that tree, it's been there for so long and, and, uh, yeah, really, it really is sad to, to, to see the lack of respect for, for, um, well, for the future generations, for, for people going, uh, you know, it, it really is just, just, uh, you know, kind of, well, any kind of real vandalism is really just kind of for the here and now and, and not respecting of others. But, but yeah, man, I, I think this is, uh, this is, uh, fairly common and, and this is an extreme example of it, but we see these small examples of it all the time of people, uh, not putting any value on things that are going to be gone, things that will be around when they're gone. And yeah. we, we talk, I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I think that it's pretty clear which way the gods of the marketplace are, are those winds are blowing when it comes to this one. And, and it's, it's all about, you know, um, do what's best for you right now and don't worry about the future yeah. generations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of, you know, the way we consume things, a lot of disposable, you know, every, everything in our, in our lives is disposable, um, or plant, you know, the, uh, planned obsolescence, you know, even our, the, the way the houses are built is different and they're not necessarily mm-hmm. built to built to last. Um, which, so it's hard to think multi-generationally when you don't consider your house to be that way, you know? Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to break out of. Like, a, like culturally it's a cultural thing. And so we're, I mean, you can kind of really just, how, Teach your kids, I guess that's the best you can do is, is be an example to to your own family and the people around you and and maybe enough people who are like that can kind of band together and think about the quality of life of the future a little bit more. Yeah, I think the first step is have kids. <laughs> um if you yeah. Yeah, that that's one of the best ways to to get uh to think multi-generationally is to have another generation. If you don't, then it's, yeah. it's hard to care. It's really hard to care if you, if there's nothing you're leaving behind. Like, like, like I said, the, the, that's the best inheritance you can leave for the world. The best, anything you can leave for the world is, is new people that are good people. Uh, Cause yeah. uh, that's really the difference between, you know, creation and destruction or uh, peace and, and strife is just the kind of people that we leave behind. So I think that's the most important yeah. thing. Well, we're, Hey, we're about out of time, but uh, yeah, this was a, this is a really good one. I, I'm glad you picked this one. And I th- thought, think there was a, I thought it was a really interesting conversation. So 
Um, Thanks. Yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll have to find something in the same vein because uh, I think that we had a lot to say about this one. We'll have to come back to some of these topics. Yeah, absolutely. We should talk more about this because I think that we could dig more into the, these types of topics. So yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Remember, uh, walnuts and pears, you plant for your heirs. <laughs> so leave something for the for the next generation. And uh, thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys next time. We'll there are you. only four things Bye. certain since social progress began. That the dog returns to his vomit, and the sow returns to her mother, and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copy will hit it, with terror and slaughter.